than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today, we have a super fun episode. Over the weekend, PGA crowned its oldest major champion ever. NFL news is buzzing right now. It is absolutely going nuts. And then we have the NBA playoffs that are underway. We have our game one overreactions, and we play for real or fraud with the game one winning teams. Stay tuned into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. We're on TikTok. Got a few videos up. Go check us out. Give us the follow. Shout. Give us a shout out on there. We are available everywhere you can get your podcast, even on your Alexa devices. Remember to rate, review, share us with your friends, share us with your family, share us with the guy at McDonald's, share us with the woman at Starbucks. Everyone that you meet, ask them about Burst Your Bubble. Guys, thank you so much for listening. But remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Cal, look at that. Two episodes in a row. I've gotten it completely right. That's big things right there. Hey, we're rolling just like Phil Mickelson was over the weekend. Josh, what a phenomenal performance he put on the older, oldest major winner, like you said, ever, or oldest PGA Championship winner ever. And, uh, Josh, it was perfect timing by the uh, – and I imagine, you know, TV networks playing this, but for that Lakers-Suns game to end, for us just to watch the final six, seven holes of Phil's round, then right into the Knicks-Hawks games, it was perfect. Kyler, that shot that Phil had out of the sand might go down as one of the most iconic shots of golf. It was absolutely filthy. I mean, it was apps. Josh, all day long, his his short game and um, his whole career, you could say this, his whole career has been him scram- him hitting, I mean, decent tee shots, him not really hitting the best shots, but him scrambling around greens, him hitting approach shots, him hitting shots around greens right next to the hole for tap-ins, if not the ball rolling in the hole itself. Phil has just, he beat father time. And I, I read a good article from the New York Post about uh, athletes going longer into their careers. And it's just the difference of options and variety that we have for nutrition and different things that are out there. Now, it's just easier for those players to to get those resources. You know, it's not like the 80s and the 90s and even the early 2000s. There's so many options that these guys have. Tom Brady, Serena Williams, all these athletes are playing longer into their careers and playing great in longer in their careers. So it is great to see a guy like Phil come out and beat Father Time. Even Tiger Woods said, you know, it was truly inspiring watching him go out and do it again. And especially, I mean, uh, Josh, in all sports, but especially in golf, I mean, they'd be smoking heaters on, on the tee boxes before each hole. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, now nowadays, you know, you get protein shakes before each hole. So, I mean, you know, we're going to see – uh, Phil, I wouldn't be surprised if he won another major, two more majors. I mean, Phil Mickelson is a is a real, real threat. And with a guy like Phil, he really only needs to gear up for four tournaments a year, P- plus the President's Cup and the Riders Cup, you know, once once or twice a year. And that's it. I mean, the same as Tiger. Did you see that they want – I don't remember the guy's name. Steve something wants Tiger to be one of the Ryder Cup uh, captains. Uh, Steve Stricker. Yes, Stricker. Yeah, so did I, you see him? I did see that. I, I imagine I imagine Tiger will accept it. Yeah, which, what is it, three months since his wreck where he was walking in a boot? Yeah, well, he wouldn't be like a playing captain. He'd just be like a uh, – he'd be just be on-premises. And I think that would be great for the American Spirits to have him on, on site. It was a, a, a couple Ryder Cups ago um, we had him on site, and he was, a, he, was, he was just a captain when he was not playing, and uh, we ended up winning it. So maybe, maybe it'll be good luck. So how does that – I mean, what does that mean for him to be a captain and not play? I mean, what role do you actually serve? Just leadership? Yeah, uh, he brings the guys Gatorade, um, sometimes a peanut butter sandwich. Does he caddy? No, no, no. Pretty I much bet, the, pretty much just the peanut bet, butter sandwiches. I bet he only caddies for Charlie. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, pretty much pretty much just peanut butter sandwiches and, and Gatorade. That, that's pretty much the roles. So do you think that he caddies for Charlie all the time or just in front of the camera? Like, if it's just them out playing, do you think he's like, no, you carry your own damn bag? Well, recently, I don't think he's been caddying very much. That's fair. That's fair. Do you think they play in a golf cart or do you think they walk? Boy, I don't think, I don't think Tiger's walking very much. Very well, much. Right now, but pre-accident, <laughs> do you think they were walking or riding in a cart? Uh, they were walking for sure. There's many, many pictures of Charlie using his push cart. Good, Good to know. Good to know. Color, there's something else that I want to bring up before we get into any other sport. So I, I logged into the Zoom call tonight, 
And as soon as I got on for this behind the scenes speak, we do Zoom calls. That's how we record. Well, Kyler, I got onto the Zoom call. And for a split second, I saw the Burst Your Bubble logo in the background. Mm-hmm. And then it went away. And I was like, well, that's weird. I've never seen that before. So where did it go? So I'm going through my settings and I find backgrounds and filters. And a, our Burst Your Bubble logo is one of my backgrounds. Like it was already selected. And I'm sitting there thinking, why hasn't that been on my background for every Zoom call I've done in the past year? And so I'm very, con- I'm very was- confused. Either way, Josh, it's perfect timing because starting with this episode, I'm putting all of our clips, all of the important moments of the episode on the YouTube channel. Um, follow us on our YouTube channel, Burst Your Bubble on YouTube. Uh, follow us on there. We're going to find important clips, uh, you know, five to seven minute clips, even shorter than that, probably two to seven minute clips, I'd say, just about different random topics we have just to kind of uh, give previews and, uh, you know, bring more attention to the show from a different platform. I just, so show some love there because YouTube, of course, such a huge, huge platform and haven't really been util, util, utilizing it. So it'd be a huge help if you guys would help, help us share that with the people. Well, it's great timing for the burst bubble logo to be in my background. I'm super excited about the YouTube channel. Kyler, what else do we have to talk about before we get into the NBA? One more thing, Josh coffee. Um, so you uh, just thinking back on our conversation you said you enjoy your coffee black, correct? Yes, sir. Do you do you enjoy the taste? I do, yeah, until it gets cold. So that's strange. Um, well, what kind of coffee do you drink? I mean, I'm not drinking Folgers. Well, I, mean, I, 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 I have. Uh, okay, see, I don't know what that is, but I've gotten like three different kinds of coffee, and I'll, I'll give you some insight, Kyler. It's great value brand. You can get it at Walmart, everywhere, anywhere you shop for coffee. It's great value creme brulee coffee flavor. Okay, well, no, it's still just black coffee. I get vanilla almond bean from uh, I don't remember, it's a store down in Texas, HBD or something like that. HEB, I think it's HEB. Yeah, there's a store, HEB, it's a big old grocery chain, kind of like a Reesers. And I'm telling you, Kyler, they have great coffee. I just think you're more you're, you're drinking coffee more for the purpose, I'm drinking it more for the taste. That's where that's, that's my takeaway. I like the taste what? of coffee. So I put I put some creamer in there, so I enjoy it. No, you just need to try the coffee that I drink. It's way better than Folgers and Death Wish. No, you need, and to, I also, you need to try some Death Wish. It's pretty good. And you also need to get a coffee mug for that coffee. Uh, I'd like to. Well, what if, Josh, this is a lot of coffee, and what if I'd like to enjoy it in about 30 minutes? What would happen then? Hey, here's what you do, Kyler. You pour your coffee into a coffee cup. You leave the rest of it in the pot where it stays warm for 30 minutes because it's not like you're an hour away from your coffee pot. You're 15 steps. Well, Josh, what if I don't want to go back to my kitchen? I mean, people are sleeping in the house. It's late. Josh, I mean, we're recording this at 10 o'clock at night. There's playoff games going on. I, we've already watched the Heat get dominated by the Bucks tonight in game two. Uh, we're watching the Blazers. They're, they're down right now. They're going to come back and win game two because they're going to sweep the Nuggets, but we're going to get into all of that, Josh. Before that, do you have anything else we need to talk about? Yeah, we do. There is kind of some big news today in the NFL. So have you seen the clip of Shannon Sharp calling Julio Jones on live television? I didn't see the, I didn't see the clip. No, but I, uh, I saw the quote for sure. He said he needs, he's getting out of, getting out of Atlanta. So that was one thing that was, that was telling the other thing which was a little bit worse. Uh, I mean, you know, I say worse. It can go either way. Shan asked him about, uh, you know, there were rumors, I guess, speculation that Dallas and Atlanta were in talks of making a trade or making a deal where Dallas would acquire Julio Jones. And Julio pretty much just said, no, I'm trying to win. I'm not going to Dallas. Mm. Uh, But it's later come out to be clarified that he was saying, you know, they don't basically, you know, they don't need my position. They don't, I'm not looking to go there. They're not looking to go me. There's no, there's no traction there. But on live TV, he dissed Dallas. Said I'm getting out of Atlanta. Don't want to be there. It was, it was probably the most outspoken against the organization that we've ever heard Julio Jones be. Now the question is, and the controversy is, did Julio Jones know he was on live TV uh-huh. when he was talking? Sure. A thousand percent. This was, I mean, this was as orchestrated as when Jimmy Butler and Rachel Nichols had that meeting after practice, after the practice in Minnesota. I mean, Shannon Sharp was for sure on the phone with, with uh, his agent, probably not before planning all that out, planning, probably, probably planning all the, all the questions out. 
uh, Julio Jones, he, here's my question. Why go to Shannon Sharp? I mean, why Josh out of all, he could come into Burster bubble. I mean, he could do this on uh, the, any of these other cool shows and choosing such a stupid show. Like, like, like the one on Fox sports. I don't even know the name of it. Well, and that's, that was another big question. I saw a couple of agents say, you know, that's why I don't let any of my clients go on the show. Uh, so, I mean, there was a lot of controversy on whether or not that that was actually scripted or not. Like I said, it's not, that is not the typical way that Julio Jones has ever conducted business. He has always been very, uh, you know, lovable towards your organization, never really been outspoken against them. So it is a strange turn of events where he's speaking out against that organization. Definitely uh, so. You know, Guy, but there is a talk that Julio Jones wants to end up in New England. So uh, I was going to ask you, Josh, uh, uh, some landing spots. And I, I've heard about the New England landing spot. And, you know, it's always uh, talked about, you know, how great can great wide receivers be in the New England system. And it's never really turned out to be you know, that great. Um, and it'd be interesting to see Julio there, especially in the later part of his career. Um, sure. I mean, why not? But. I mean, you know he's going to end up on the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs are named for a contending team. I I personally don't think that he's going to end up on the Chiefs just because the salary is kind of big. Uh, I think that a few of the favorite spots uh, the Ravens. are – No, we won't take him on, on the Ravens. Uh, he's got, Like I said, he's got a big contract. I think the favorite landing spots are New England, the 49ers, and maybe even Tennessee. I think those are the three teams to be looking for. I mean, you could throw in a wild – I say wild card, but, I mean, someone like the Chargers could all, could also go out and, and make a, a move for him. But I think that the three I named are going to be the big ones. The 49ers have a lot of momentum. That's been the, the biggest talk of cool. the trade talks with Julio Jones. But the reason that Julio Jones wants to go to New England is to play with Cam. He wants – that Cam's yeah. his boy. He wants to hang out with his boy and play football. So that leaves – I mean, if he does go to New England – is Cam going to be the starting quarterback all year? Does Mac Jones come in at game eight and Julio Jones get mad again? Julio Jones has said he wants to go somewhere where he can win. Does he realistically think that he's going to go to New England and win with Cam and or Mac Jones as quarterback? I personally don't believe so. I yeah. think he could with the 49ers. And it, it, you're right. And it's all nice and fun talking about playing with his buddy with Cam Newton and, and uh New England and I like that 49ers uh selection especially with the new quarterback there but Josh the third team you mentioned who was that again Tennessee that team with Julio Jones wins the Super Bowl they look really good they would definitely be uh right in that conversation I mean they would they would I think they would turn into the favorite would they not I mean mean, they'd be right there with the Chiefs it would be right it would definitely be up there yes that's scary, Josh. I, I'm, I, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Julio Jones goes to the Tennessee Titans. But they, I do know that that the, the Falcons are asking for a first-round pick for Julio, and right now no teams are interested in giving that first-round pick. So uh, it's it's definitely getting harder for the Falcons to trade him for the value that they want. But if you're uh, owner of a dynasty team and you have Julio Jones – uh, getting a fancy football a little bit, you're probably feeling that same that mm-hmm. same heat. You'd like to get a first rounder out of him or a, a top player, uh, but it's hard to get that kind of value for a 32 old 32 year old wide receiver who plays seven or eight games sure. each season. Sure. What's the latest you've heard on uh, Aaron Rodgers? So Aaron Rodgers did not show up to uh, voluntary camp today, which was not uh, unexpected. Um, uh, the there was talk about the Packers making a move to. Um, acquire Julio Jones as well. I don't really know how much is behind that. Um, but Aaron Rodgers has come out and said that he'll retire if the Packers don't trade him. If they try to keep him on, he said that he'll retire from the league. So do you think so we'll, if the Packers acquire Julio Jones, is that enough for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I think so. I think that if they actually made a move and went and got a star wide receiver to go along with Devontae Adams, yeah, that, I mean, you could probably talk him into staying. But you, what we don't know is how bad that bridge is severed uh, between Aaron Rodgers and, and ownership. Obviously, it's it's pretty bad. Um, but I do think that, you know, he would like another star wide receiver. Devontae Adams already came out and said that he would probably rethink about Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers left. So, yeah. These next couple of weeks are going to be really telling with Aaron Rodgers not reporting to voluntary OTAs. And we're going to be here to report every step of that story. Uh, 
Before we get to some NBA, Josh, I just want to talk a little bit about UFC. Um, Rob Font, I mean, he proved to be a bantamweight contender this past weekend, just annihilating Cody Garbrandt five straight rounds. It was, wasn't even close. I mean, that in that bantamweight division with Cody Garbrandt, I'm sorry, not with, with uh, Rob Font, with TJ Dillashaw now, with uh, Corey Sanhagen, and then you have the champion and Peter Yan and the interim champion and Algernon Sterling. I mean, that division is absolutely loaded. I, it's going to be an interesting year, next two years, to see that play out. And also, John Jones. Josh, how surprised would you be if we never saw John Jones fight in the UFC again? Uh, personally, I would be surprised. Uh, if you listen to our last episode, or one of our last episodes with Chris Conner, uh, he kind of talked about you know, how John Jones and the contract negotiations were going on where, you know, he just wants to get paid. And he didn't, and Chris said that he didn't know if the USC, UFC was going to pay him. So listening to somebody like that talk about it, I mean, it, it puts it in a different perspective. But me as a hardcore casual fan, I would just trot if I did not see John Jones uh, again in the UFC. Well, I would be too. I would be, I would be distraught if I didn't see him fight the biggest fights that I want to see him fight. But I, here's one thing that I wouldn't be shocked is if I woke up tomorrow morning to a tweet that says he signed to ESPN's PFL Pro Fighting League for two seasons for $25 million. I wouldn't be shocked at all with that. I mean, do you – and the crazy thing is he's a – you know, we talk about this all the time, uh, especially you with pay-per-view sales or selling tickets, filling seats. That is something that John Jones can do. So if he does go and sign with somebody else – that is going to take away from the UFC, and that will be a draw for the PFL because John Jones is that big of a name. And the PFL is n- taking more and more names, not only from the UFC, but also from other organizations around the world. So I, that's just one thing to keep your eye on. I, I wouldn't be surprised if John Jones – I mean, these aren't things that I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm going to check with Dan Tom. I'm going to check with my some sources that, that I can check in with, but – but I'm gonna. I wouldn't be surprised if all, at all if if John Jones were to sign with someone like the, like the PFL, like Ryzen, like even I, I think he would avoid one because of their rules, because of they, they allow the knees to the head and they allow crazy shit to happen over there. So I don't think he wants to quite do all that. But someone that can offer him a lot of money, I wouldn't see John Jones really turning it down. But yeah, no, I and mean, that's what we talked about with John Jones getting that money, looking for that paycheck. He's that kind of fighter. He's in that stage of his career where. He might not want the crazy knees, but he might, you know, they might give him a, a large enough sum of cash to make those crazy knees not feel so bad. So I guess we will, uh, I hope not. I hope he stays with the UFC and we get to see some of the fights that we've been talking about on this show. And I hope that we get to see that, Kyler. All right, Josh. Um, we get- one thing I missed on Aaron Rodgers a second ago, apparently he is making his appearance on Kenny Main's show on ESPN probably as we speak. But the problem is, instead of ESPN going to this interview with Aaron Rodgers, they are playing the Cardinals uh, MLB game. So no one is getting to watch the interview with Aaron Rodgers at the moment. But wouldn't it be such a great way for Kenny Mayne to go out of ESPN with talking to Aaron Rodgers about his future and what's going to happen with the team? Shout out Kenny Mayne, first of all, an absolute legend josh a legend i mean uh, that interview i know it's great i already know it's great i can't wait to watch it i i'm nervous for it already um that, let's get into the nba talk josh before we do that do you have any any other have you watched any nhl uh, i watched a couple of highlights i've not watched the full game yet i did hear that the oilers uh, gave up a huge upset uh and they got beat so i was sad to hear that but no i have not really paid it to be honest with you okay well the Oilers are winning right now they're gonna they're gonna get one back against the Jets tonight so uh shout out to them no haven't haven't watched any hockey but uh Islanders are my team just let everyone know the the New York Islanders are my team Josh before we get into basketball uh give us a social media ad tell the people who they should follow on Twitter tell us who supports us so they so they can support them yeah, Kyler. So, guys, make sure that you go and follow at Sports BYBP on Twitter. That is the Burst Your Bubble page. I am at jkeatno 22 and Kyler is at Kyler012. That is all of our Twitters. We are always on there. I'm usually posting polls, and Kyler is posting uh, funny tweets or responses to other people's tweets, and that's where all the BYB recasts go or episodes. You can find everything on Twitter. We are on Instagram with the same stuff, Burst Your Bubble Pod, on TikTok, Burst Your Bubble Pod. Uh, Jake Eaton, 22 for me. Also on TikTok, I've got a couple of videos up. 
Um, we are everywhere on social media right now. Social media is growing, growing, growing. So make sure you go hit follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel that we've got put up. Make sure that you go subscribe, subscribe, share the videos with everybody. All of those clips are going to be amazing. You will love them. Uh, go follow at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Everywhere you get, everywhere on social media, Blue Wire Pods is a great network of podcasters. We have the Spencers, number one podcast on Apple Podcasts. A uh, great bunch of team or a great team over there. Kevin Jones and Blue Wire Pod doing great things. Fire at Blue Wire Hustle, the up and coming podcast network that we were a part of um, with one of the, with the first batch. So shout out to Blue Wire for all the great things that they're doing. Go follow at Unwrapped Sports. They do a bunch of live streams and, and different things. They have a lot of fun over there uh, with Generation Z, Generation Z Sports, Love for the Game, a whole whole list of shows that Unwrapped have. Uh, has go follow them and then last but not least go follow our fantasy football expert at fantasy byb he's actually changed his twitter handle uh at fantasy byb that is shane he can tell you everything uh dynasty redraft idp he's got it all shane is an expert go follow at fantasy byb josh i'm very excited to talk basketball so i'll tell you that the winners of game one in a series have the winners of game one in a series over 75% of the time. I'm excited to talk basketball today. And I will tell you, Josh, that the winners of game one have gone on to win the series over 75% of the time. But I must say that the other 25% must be every LeBron series ever. LeBron James is historic for losing game one in the first round. I mean, yeah, let's let's start with Lakers Suns, uh, who didn't play the best basketball game at all, but it turned into the most intriguing watch, especially after the LeBron flop and the following skirmish. Um, AD, uh, here's, here's a stat for you, Josh. He's 9 of 44 from 3 since returning from injury. And uh, your argument over text you made to me that uh, that the Lakers were able to keep it relatively close despite his struggles – I mean, the only way the Lakers are able to win this series is if AD is the Lakers' best player or, hell, even their second best player. And he wasn't even, I would say, top five tonight. No, he wasn't. And that's and that's what I said over text, like you said. I, I truly believe that this being a nine-point game with AD playing awful, and he said that he took, he took full responsibility of that. LeBron didn't even have a great game. I mean, he had 18 points. I mean, he was, just, he was being a floor general, but when AD is not scoring – if you're LeBron James, you've got to be in takeover mode and you've got to score the basketball and you've got to be the best player on your team. And he just wasn't dominant enough in this game. But what gives me hope uh, for this Lakers team is the fact that they had a lot of struggles. The defense played really well, mm-hmm. kept it to a nine point loss in a game that could have and probably should have been a blowout from the Suns. Uh, I just feel like this one was way too close and the Lakers should be feeling pretty good and confident in themselves to stick to the game plan get Anthony Davis hot. Anthony Davis is not going to have that kind of game every game in these playoffs. But you're right. They will not win a game, much less a series, if Anthony Davis is not playing up to snuff for this Los Angeles Lakers team. That's just not going to happen. If he's not their second-best player, they don't win a game. And uh, you're right in, in the sense that this game will be close and every game will be close. And that's just the, Le- the LeBron James effect. But with guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul on the floor, I mean, in those close games, Josh, they're just as deadly as anybody in the world. And DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker, I mean, perhaps the two best playoff debuts ever. Booker, 34-8-7. DeAndre Aiden had 23-15 and 15 and only missed one shot. Devin Booker had – he scored the most points of any player in a Suns playoff debut. So, I mean, he had – I mean, they both had terrific games – they Devin Booker put on a clinic. If he wanted to score in the fourth quarter, he was scoring in the fourth quarter. One thing to watch here is going to be that injury on Chris Paul, that shoulder. Yeah. I'm going to call it a shoulder contusion. That's what I heard the. That's what I heard them diagnose it as. So you got to watch that shoulder contusion for Chris Paul, and that would be devastating for him to go down. Obviously, he played the rest of the game, but the handles were sloppy. That he, you could tell, it just wasn't the same. His shooting mm-hmm. motion. He slung up that jumper. Right. It was not the normal. Sh- Ocean. It looked horrible. It went in, but it did not look good. So that's one thing to watch moving forward for Chris Paul when he has a day or two to let it get sore and rest it. Uh, in the moment, there's a lot of adrenaline. Those guys played through that, which is great. But sometimes that can be a 
uh, you know, kind of in the fields, in the moment, adrenaline kind of game, and now you have to reset and go right back against this Lakers team. It's still LeBron James. It's still Anthony Davis. I'm not counting the Lakers out, Kyler. So um, if AD is not, isn't as healthy as he needs to be, then uh, um, what can this Lakers do? Lakers team do to supplement enough to turn the momentum? Uh, Caruso, KCP, and Schroeder. Uh, Schroeder was five of seven that night, by the way. Uh, which one of those guys really needs to step up and become the become a, a focal point of the Lakers' offense and really uh, help them on the defensive side of the ball too? Well. The Caruso is going to have to play defense on Devin Booker. They're going to throw some double teams at Devin Booker, especially yeah. if Paul's not not playing. That's just going to have to happen. Drummond's going to have to be bigger against Aiden. That's going to have to happen. But on the offense side of the ball, and what Frank Vogel's tried to get him to do is KCP needs to shoot the ball. He's a 44% three-point shooter. He needs to jack up the corner threes. He's going to have to let him fly. LeBron James, let him run the offense. At times, LeBron James is going to have to be more dominant. He's going to have to he's going to have to assert himself in the offense more than what he has if if they're expected to win. LeBron James getting 16 points and eight assists is not going to win a playoff game against this Phoenix Suns team. You're going to have to get more. I mean, you're going to have to be more assertive, and that starts with LeBron James. It starts at the top, and whenever your best players are more assertive, then everyone else follows suit. So I, I you got to take it at the top. You're correct with that, Josh. So uh, we both have a game to play with each of these series we're, we're talking about. Your game is fraud or not of the team that won. We're talking about the Suns. They are not a fraud. What about you? Okay, so I, I want to elaborate a little on this before we start okay. going to frauds because there are some really good teams that are in the playoffs. So by for real or fraud, I mean is this team – for real in the fact that they are going to go on and win this series or was game one a fluke or are they not as good as they seem to be in this game? Okay, sure. So I am going to say that they are for real, but I'm going to caveat that with, I do not think that they win the series. I still think, I still think the Lakers are going to pull it out. Okay. So that goes to my one game overreaction. My one game overreaction is the Suns win this in five games. Wow, I mean that is a that is an overreaction. I will say that uh, my my game one overreaction would probably be yeah, it doesn't have to be about the winning team. We have seen the best of LeBron James. That could are arguably true. I'm that's a let's move on, Josh. That kind of made me a little a little sad. I think that made you sad admitting that. To be honest with you, I think I heard it, you get a little sad at getting towards the end of that sentence. I did get a little sad. It's because I'm just kind of, I mean, I know it's game one. Like, that's it. This is your overreaction. Are you crying? I, just, I think I think LeBron James is going to go in a different direction. He's going to become more of that facilitator. He's just probably not going to be as aggressive uh, in his shots, uh, especially in these early games of the playoffs. Let's move on to an 18. Sure, sure, yeah. So, Knicks Hawks. This was – a great game. I mean, the Knicks fans, including myself, and I'm a Hawks fan as well. So I mean, you got I'm I'm not a I'm a I'm a basketball fan. So call me bandwagon, whatever. But particularly the three point shooting barrages and runs throughout throughout the game from both teams was so fun to watch. But getting to the fourth quarter, six minutes left, time is ticking. And the score is in the mid 80s, which is right where a Tom Thibodeau led Knicks squad wants this game. And Josh, those last three minutes were the most exciting bit of basketball I've watched in a long time. It was very exciting. It was very exciting. I mean, it was it was a barrage of threes from Bullock, Randall, of course, quickly knocking down timely threes, but they were each time answered by Trey Young getting to the rim, getting around our guys, dishing to open shooters. Or finishing and one floater after and one floater. The passing, the constant movement from all the Hawks players led to Bogdan getting that just the inch he needed to get that three off with a little, like 50 seconds left, Josh. I mean, that was an insane shot for him to get off. There were so many things that happened at towards the end of this game that I could not believe. NBA Twitter was going crazy with some of the moves that Trey Young was making. Obviously, we heard the FU Trey chants that were going in the stadium at the beginning of the game. 
it all was just a fitting end to the first playoff game that we've had Madison Square Garden in a long time. And everyone remembered in an instant what it was like to have good basketball back in New York. Right. And uh, I told Josh and I told you when these additions were made, the Hawks could turn into serious contenders in the East. And I haven't even said Danilo Gallinari or Kevin Herter's name once or John Collins or Clint Capella. And all they all played exceptional as they always do. But Josh, Trey entered the game, Trey entered the fourth quarter with six minutes left and scored 11 points with three assists and only one miss. And that, that shot was blocked. In his first ever playoff game, he stole a game in, in, in MSG and shushed Spike Lee. So he was the first person to have 30 points, 10 assists, and a playoff debut since – I lost my stat here. It was since AI? I believe that's, that sounds right. Trey Young, Devin Booker, these this young group of guys that's coming up in the NBA is not leaving us without anything to watch. These guys are playing every night, and it is incredible to watch. Keller, the, the Hawks are probably the team that I have to – they're going to make me go back on my word uh, with me not giving them much faith in the first round of the playoffs. I think, you know, out of the teams I've watched, this team being able to pull off what they did, you still have two young teams that are competing in the playoffs. So I don't think that this is necessarily a test. I think the second, it is a test, but the second round will be much more of a test. But getting through this first round will make me eat my words from the Atlanta Hawks. Well, it really will if they get past them, Josh. And that's the thing. And and here's my one game overreaction. If John Collins doesn't become a larger part of what this offense is doing and the Knicks are able to continue to keep these scores low, they could grind this out to six or seven games and a, a game six or seven, or game seven in MSG. That's not what you want, Josh. It is not. This, this well, if series. You're, if, you're, if you're Trey Young, actually, it might be. I don't know. So the, the question is going to be posed, like you said, if John Collins doesn't become a bigger factor in this offense – is Trey Young basically going to have a Stephen Curry-esque series where one game he's going off for 30-plus and the next game maybe not so much, and those supporting cast isn't there to help him as much as that Knicks team is helping them. So uh, I see what you're saying. I you know, I want to believe in the Hawks, uh, but I also want to believe in, in, the, in the Knicks because this series is just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Sixers, this is a great tune-up series for the 76ers. Uh, none of these wins will be easy, but I I couldn't see them dropping. I mean, a game, they definitely won't drop more than one. Uh, Joel, all game, knew he had two points or, or free throws anytime he wanted them, and he exploited that at the end of the game, um, which led to beautiful kickouts, and it, whether it was Tobias, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Danny Green, they all delivered which could cause some overreactions. But, uh, you know, talking about who could come out of the East when you're talking about the 76ers. But I I really, really enjoyed what the 76ers did tonight. And Tobias Harris with what he had, 37. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful performance. I think my biggest star in this game, and he was the the lowest scorer on the starters, was Ben Simmons. Six, 15, and 15. I mean, those are some really good numbers when you have a guy like Tobias Harris putting up 37, Joel Embiid putting up 30. And if you're Ben Simmons and you're able to not press too much on offense and you can play that facilitator role, I mean, I I think that's where he excels, you know, being able to dish the ball and get cuts when he needs to, but not pressing it, not pressing the issue, especially in the playoffs. You're right. This was a tune-up game, a good chance for them to get started. Uh, And and I liked what I saw here. My my overreaction – from the first game, and I don't even know that it's an overreaction, that the 76ers are going to get a sweep, get the brooms out. So my one game overreaction, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to the NBA Finals. So, and that will lead me to my fraud or for real. The 76ers are for real. They They, could be for real. They will at least be going to the Eastern Conference Championship. So let's move on to the Mavs. I mean, the Mavs guard play is so superior to the Clippers, and that's what will win win them this series. Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, even guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, who doesn't get lost at all defending any position, even though he's a, he's a larger you know, 6'7 guy. 
the Clippers have guys like Reggie Jackson, Rajon Rondo, and Pat Bev. I mean, the Ma- <laughs> I didn't even mention Luca as the as the Mavs' main point guard. That's the biggest difference in the series. I mean, is the guard play and that Josh? And it's apparent at the end of games. It's apparent that the Clippers cannot get the shots that they want. They don't have the players who can set up the offense, initiate the offense that they want. Keller, the only thing that scares me about the Dallas Mavericks, the defense is great. But do you trust those names that you just said to put up 15, 18, and 21 points for enough games in this series to outlast the Clippers? Yes. And here's the biggest difference maker in this series. His name is Maxi Kleber. He's a stretch four who can bang for any rebound against anybody in the NBA, who, will, who can also knock down a shot from anywhere on the floor. He was hurt for last year's playoffs, or else it would have been a lot more competitive series. To some of his impact, Josh, he only scored six points in 39 minutes, but he was a plus nine on the box score. And down, and down the stretch, Playoff P had seven points on three of short, three of four shooting, by the way. So, I mean, um, it's not like the Clippers are just rolling over in this series. But here's my overreaction, just to go ahead and get to it. Mavs in five. Luka is in full revenge mode. This team has real fight in them, which really brings out the fire in Luka. Watch out for the Mavs. So I did see Maxi Cleaver. Uh, he was in the game, and I saw him on the floor after Kawhi Leonard jumped so high and put him on a poster, and then the whole team stared him down as he was laying on the ground. So that was an interesting note from your X Factor uh, in this yeah, game. And you saw how unaffected he was by it the rest of the game. I mean, that, 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 that's, the type of, that's my type of guy. I, I don't think that the Mavericks are going to pull out the series. I think the Clippers wow. are probably going to pull it out in six or seven. Um, I do like the Mavs. I think that they're a hungry team. I love Luka Doncic, obviously. But I, just, I don't trust the names that you said, Finney Smith, Hardaway Jr., and Brunson. I don't trust those guys to score 18, 21, and 15 points in enough games to get past the Clippers. I think the Clippers' defense is going to tighten up a little bit. And Paul George and Kawhi, Paul George had 23 and Kawhi had 26. Uh, those numbers are going to have to go up. Morris only had four points on 33 minutes. There are some guys that you know just didn't step up fully. And I, I expect I expect this Clippers team to tighten up a little bit. My overreaction from this game is that Paul George needs to take more shots. Yeah. And I'm saying that in the playoffs where we have a pandemic P, Paul George needs to take more shots. He's got to, he's got to score more than 23 points if they're going to win this series. Uh, Josh, and this is definitely our most contentious series where we disagree the most. So we definitely need a bet on this series. I say Mavs in five. What are you saying? Clippers in six, seven? I'll say Clippers in six. Okay, loser buys dinner. Okay, I'm down for that. Also, uh, for real or fraud for the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, they're for real. I am going to call them frauds. Wow. So, uh, moving on, the Celtics, Josh. I mean, uh, um, you know how big of a Celtics fan I am. Unfortunately, they are playing uh, of a guy named Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I sent you a text. It said Tatum simply isn't enough. Is uh, and after that Nets game one takeover, and sure Tatum had a poor shooting night, but he has swarmed all night. The the Nets defense forced a ton of turnovers, converted on most of those opportunities. I mean, the Nets starting five is so incredibly fun to watch play. Josh, Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. How incredible is that? It is a really good starting five. It's ridiculous, Josh. It's unfair. It, it, if this was twenty. 12 2011 this oh would God. be the all you would play with this team on 2k as an all-star team they're 2014 really 2014 Tatum, i could see tatum have one miraculous game and you know alongside some kimba heroics and the aaron wiseman kid maybe pull one game out but this is probably a sweep this was a bad shooting night for brooklyn um blake griffin didn't take a single shot but the game was never really Felt in threat, even though it was kind of close. Here's my one game of reaction, just to kind of get through this. Actually, this is for the Celtics, and it's the playoffs, and you're playing guys like Tristan Thompson and Evan Fournier over players they've drafted and had success with the season. My overreaction is that Danny Ainge may be losing his touch as a GM. Wow, that is a uh, that is a reaction. I will, I will say that. But you're right. Tatum's not enough. Jalen Brown being out really kills the Celtics team, but they really just haven't vibed. 
they haven't meshed as well as they have the past couple of seasons. Um, and, you know, a lot of that's frustration, I'm sure, especially with these playoffs. Jason Tatum asked, I mean, he has to play better. Obviously, he was swarmed all night. But if you're going to take that step in the league, you're playing against an elite Brooklyn Nets team, elite players all the way up and down the starting five. You're going to have to find a way to get shots or, or get involved making plays. Five assists is okay. But, I mean, if, if your shot's not falling in and, you know, you're looking for a different way, you got to look to make some passes early and often, get your teammates going, and then get yourself going. Uh, what scares me and why I do think that you're right, this is probably going to be a sweep. I could see Tatum having one game maybe, but you've got guys, Marcus Smart, 17, Kimball Walker, 15, Williams, 11, Fournier, 10. I Just my same problem with the Mavericks. I don't know that I trust every one of those guys to put up enough points to outlast this Brooklyn Nets team. So mm-hmm. uh, my overreaction is that the Celtics end up blowing it up this offseason. Blowing it up. I, I could I could definitely see them making so, a lot of huge moves and keeping just just Tatum and maybe that's it. I mean, I could see them shipping out Brown as well. Uh, Josh, it's going to be a really like it's going to be really interesting to see three players in the same way. I mean, just and with tough losses, two with really tough losses late in the playoffs and one early round exit. It, it's just not it's not a good look. It's not uh, the Heat. Speaking of not good looks, <laughs> so uh, the first first game. We'll talk about game one. So they Bam and Jimmy combined eight for thirty-seven, still forced overtime on a Jimmy Butler runner over Giannis and Brooke Lopez at the rim at the buzzer. Then the heartbreaking fadeaway mid-range jumper at the buzzer in overtime by Chris Nobleson ends the game. Interesting question I have for you, Josh. Who is more important to this Bucks team? Giannis or Chris Middleton? Uh Chris Middleton. I, I mean I, I agree with you. I mean that's that's really not a fair question because this Brooke or this Milwaukee team probably I mean they're definitely not where they're at without Giannis but they my my key to this whenever we talk to Scoop man and what I've believed about Milwaukee for years now if Chris Middleton does not make a step forward and Milwaukee will not go any further in the playoffs when Chris Middleton is playing good or average this team is one of the best in the league but they have to have that. They have to have that Robin to Giannis's Batman. They have to have it. And Kyler, when you see this four out of the starting five, Giannis twenty six, Middleton twenty seven, Brook Lopez eighteen, Drew Holiday twenty. Those are the numbers that I want to see for my starting five. Yeah, you're exactly right about that, Josh. And that brings us to game two, where tonight they just absolutely came out guns blazing. I mean, the Josh they shot what ten of fourteen from three in the first quarter. The first 10 of 14 from three in the first quarter. Imagine that. So that's 30 points just off threes in the first quarter. They ended up as a team shooting 22 of 53 from three. That's 41 and a half percent. Josh, that's incredible. Kyler, the score was 78 to 51 at halftime. Josh, the rebounding difference was 61 to 36. The final score was 98 to 132. Yeah, this is not a good look for, for, for the Heat, especially, and I've heard, I mean, you, you saw reports, Josh, Shams had a report during the game about a very heated discussion between Jimmy Butler and Heat front office and Heat coaching staff. And, you know, that's actually pretty common down there in Miami with Heat players and Heat coaching staff over the years even. But uh, obviously there's going to be a, a lot more heated discussions over the next couple of weeks because um, this brings me to, to my overreaction, and I don't think it's an overreaction at all. This is a buck sweep. Uh, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think it'll probably go five. Maybe have you watched his games. I have. The first one went to OT with Jimmy not playing. Jimmy and and Bam not playing the best basketball. I don't think that Milwaukee is going to shoot. Uh, what uh, they're not going to shoot forty one percent from three uh, every game. Uh, I think that this was just one of those games where whenever you get out to such a hot start, the other teams flustered. The momentum's never really on their side and you're just able to stifle any kind of run. So I, I think that's the kind of game we saw. Um, but that's definitely – I mean, it's not a terrible overreaction because it's definitely in the realm of possibility. So, uh, I mean, mm. I will say that. My overreaction for the first two games in this series is that the Milwaukee Bucks will make it to the NBA championship. Wow, wow. And here's one of the reasons why I say that. Mike B is finally playing his stars – for enough time for them to win games. This game, I mean, he didn't really have to because it was the game was already in question. But the first game, when it was actually, you know, contentious, there was question about it. The Stars played. 
no, that's you're a, right. You're right. Giannis had 30 minutes through three quarters, just for people who, who keep track, that kind of thing. You're right, Josh. And that's just a big step. Milwaukee's never done it before, so I think this is the year they take the step. Uh, that's a, I love that take. I love the take. Uh, completely disagree with it. That brings us to the last game. It's the game that's uh, currently happening right now. On It's at halftime. The Nuggets are leading by 12, 73 to 61. It's crazy how much these teams score nowadays. Uh, without Murray, these games will be closed throughout the series. But I think around nut cutting time and the outside shooting of Denver or lack thereof, I should say, and how reliant they are from a kickout from Jokic. And it's usually M- MPJ who's catching the ball most of the time. I think they're still one year away from beating a team like this Blazers team. I just don't think they can knock down the big shots down the stretch, multiple possessions in a row, multiple games in a row, like we know Damian Lillard can, like we know C.J. McCollum can. I I see if any of these games are close, I see the Blazers pulling them out. But any of these games where Nikola Jokic can really force his will over the entire game and kind of keep it out of reach, those are the games where the Nuggets can win. I agree with that. I think that Jokic has to be in control of a game for the Nuggets to be at their – I also understand Dame time, and I know what that means. So I understand what you're saying by, you know, it's going to be close. If it's close, I, I put my trust in Dame. That is absolutely true. But whenever we're looking at 11, 12 points and Jokic can can kill clock and get his shot off, Tyler, I'm not worried for Denver. I'm, I'm not. I, I think that they finished this in five, maybe six games. I think that these games are eight, ten-point games, and I think that, that Denver's going to be able to pull them out. Okay, so this is this is going to determine who buys the golf match. Um, I've got this brings me to my uh, one game overreaction. I've got a Blazers in five. My one game over. I mean, um, my game one overreaction is that if Jamal Murray was on this Denver Nuggets team, they would pretty much be unstoppable in the West. Uh, I mean, they would. It would. It would be a consensus. They're they're going to the they're going to the finals for sure. That brings me to an interesting question, Josh. Which nickname do you like for Jokic the most? Okay, so of course we got the Joker. But then I don't know if you heard of Big Honey. I like Big Honey. We also have Cookie Monster. Mm. I'm probably going with the Joker. It's the classic. But I <laughs> well, do, But Big Honey is a close second. But he looks just like the Cookie Monster. I mean, I don't, I don't know that, but... Have you, seen- you obviously haven't seen the Cookie Monster lately. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that picture of him when he was like 10 Josh he was a cookie monster then <laughs> it is just great to me that's one of the best scores in basketball I mean and we're talking about a guy who is probably going to win the MVP award Josh they said all he, all he used to do was just like drink Pepsi and like just eat, eat junk food and eat candy yeah. just just do nothing but play video games and just sugar candy and just trash and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he still does it the way he walks around the court it's, it would literally be like if it was Big E from whenever I played basketball, except he knew he learned how to pass and could shoot the three ball. Yeah, I was just saying, late game situations, Josh, I trust Damon CJ more than anyone on the Nuggets, including Nikola Jokic. So I'm, my one game of reaction, Blazers in five, you're saying uh, – so, so who do you think wins the, the game two that's on right now? Uh, I mean, sure, the, I, I've got the Nuggets winning this game. And this will be the only one? Yep, this will be it. Okay, so Portland Trailblazers, are they for real or are they frauds, Kyler? They're for real. Because okay. this is this is Damian Lillard's time. This is Damian Lillard's prime. He knows his, his career clock is winding down. He knows he has a team that's somewhat fully healthy. I mean, with at least his stars are healthy with McCollum and Nurkic and Carlo Anthony's playing the best basketball he has in years. He has role players that are competent. I mean, and with a wide open West, Josh, he sees a path to the, to the finals, and I see it too. Can we talk one more time, or can we talk one time about Carmelo Anthony? I'm glad you said his name. Carmelo getting booed in Denver. How fucked up is that? Bro, he gave up like eight years to Denver, seven and a half, and these well, people booed him. It was, it, was a, it was a nasty departure. He, I mean, he did – pretty much forced his way out of there. But it was it, to, to boo Carmelo Anthony though, after all he did for, for that organization, he took them to an NBA, took them to, I mean, yeah, he took them to the NBA finals, didn't he? In 02 or like in 03? Maybe, maybe, uh, he took them to the Western Conference finals. I think it was a conference. Lakers. Oh, hang on. 
I just got a tweet about Kenny Maine. Yeah, I did too. It's never been about the draft pick picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. I love the coaching staff. I love my teammates. I love the fan base in Green Bay. It's just about a philosophy and maybe forgetting it is about the people that make things go. Big news breaking out. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers just doesn't agree with the philosophy in Green Bay, which is probably a political way to say that he just does not agree with the organization and he wants to get out of there. Which is the correct way to do it instead of calling fucking Shannon Skip Bayless or whatever his fucking name is. Call Kenny Maine, all right? Well, hey, we're not, we're not, this is not a podcast that will ever bash Julio Jones. Julio Jones has given. No, no I'm bashing his agent. I'm bashing his agent. Stop, okay. stop no. calling, stop calling Fox News to get your news out there. All right. Call, call Kenny Maine. Call, call Shams. Call oh. Woj. Get, call Schefter. Get your news out there the right way. Yeah, not Shannon Sharp. If it's on Fox, just get away from it. Bring that to burst your bubble. We'd be more than happy to break that news for you in any way. My DMs are open. They're always open, especially for scoops. Shout out Scoop B. Kyler, this was a ton of fun talking basketball. I'm ready for the rest of these game one playoff games. We get to watch. Have a great week of NBA games. We have great interviews coming up this week. Great people coming in. Big things looking up for BYB. This was a fun episode. Can't wait for it to get out. Oh, my gosh. Josh, if you've been been following what OU Softball has been doing this year, you are going to be absolutely fired up for these interviews we have coming up this this, uh, coming week. The very dominant players on the team, of course, are heading to the Super Regionals this weekend against Washington. Uh, Josh, we might even sneak around and get some media passes for that if you'd like to head to Oklahoma City and watch watch a couple of softball games with me right behind home plate. But uh, we're going to be looking forward to the interview later on this week, and we know you guys are as well. Josh, this was a blast. Before we get out of here, I got one last thing. Yeah. It's a quick So this past weekend, the wife and I did a, uh, a date night that I saw on TikTok. And so we ba- we played rock, paper, scissors, and it was a four-course meal. Rock, paper, scissors to go get whoever won, got to pick drinks. That's where we went. The next one was appetizer. The next one was an entree. The last one was dessert. So – you know me, I'm pretty competitive. Uh, she is too, but I, I went ahead and, and took round one in rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Um, we, I didn't, I didn't go very, you know, we didn't throw it out there, nothing crazy. We just went to Buffalo Wild Wings, close to the house, got our drinks at B-dubs. And what is on the TV? I have horse races on one TV, and then I have three softball games. And I tell you, my wife is not um, a baseball softball connoisseur. She's not even a hardcore casual. Uh and she looked at them, and uh, she loved the games. So I'm sure that we will be watching a lot more softball. So I'm looking forward to the OU softball. But we ended up having a great night, wonderful date night, Kyler. Uh, next time that uh, you're taking a lovely lady out, you should try it. Well, Josh, I don't know when that will happen again. If you know any, let me know of them. But uh, OU softball is 40 – Josh, they're 46-2 and two this season. That is incredible. We should have somebody on and talk to them. Kyler, mm-hmm. have yourself a great week, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. <laughs>